Welcome back to Strive to Five. As always, I am your host, Joseph Hadaway. And today I'm sitting here with Sergio of El Camino Financial. And actually in a podcast first, I'm not going to give him too much of a bio because I think he's doing something really cool and I'm afraid I'm not going to do it justice. So let's just hop right into it. How you doing today, man? I'm doing great, Joseph. Thanks for having me. Hey, really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. So I gave you no bio there and I'm going to let you speak for yourself. What What is El Camino Financial? What are you up to? Yeah, sure. Uh, thank you. I'm honored uh, to be here. And um, El Camino Financial, also uh, known as ECF, just for short, um, something I'm pushing just because it's a little bit easier, I think, for people to, um, it's just shorter. And uh, anyways, it's a you know personal financial application that, um, you know, uh, is used to just manage your personal finances and, and um, specifically help you or um, anyone uh, educate themselves about basic uh, uh, or not basic, but, you know, fundamental financial principles. Um, and uh, the way I see it is I've been working in the financial advisory industry for the last 10 years. And so um, this business uh el camino financial is um i'm essentially kind of taking what i've learned in the last 10 years uh at work and through courses i've taken and consolidating into something uh, digestible to um you know anyone that is looking for some sort of personal financial guidance and um and so this application is uh it's a it's an education resource it's a it's a resource to help you plan your finances and um it's a really easy to use is kind of the i think the advantage to it um doesn't take long to learn and um and and so um and and so yeah i'll I'll just start there and I'm sure we're gonna talk a lot about the rest of this uh hour or so that we have. <laughs> Oh, yes. It's uh, the whole reason we are here, because you are doing something I've heard a lot of people talk about, but I've never met someone who actually did. But I'm going to I'm going to hold that off for just, you know, one more question, because I got to ask, you mentioned working in the advisory industry and this being, you know, a culmination of everything you've learned or most of the things you've learned over several years. What was uh, your inspiration behind it? What What got you started? Um, so yeah, I think the, um, one of the inspirations was, uh, something you can relate to is working in this industry. Naturally people have asked you questions and, um, you know, um, knowing what you do at your, uh, nine to five, um, a lot of people ask me questions and, um, and, uh, I try to help them as much as I can without, uh, I don't really give people investment advice, but, you know, uh, and a lot of times that's not what people need. Um, you know, people kind of jump the gun to jumping into crypto, but they don't have some other things um, lined up that they should uh, financially. And so it was really like, you know what, it would be really, but that takes a lot of time helping people 
you know, because a lot of times they just come up to you and they have a question. It's like, well, that's actually a pretty loaded question that you have there. And so I've always thought to myself, like, what can I do that is scalable, accessible, that, that can help people? And um, and so that that's one inspiration is like, man, I really wish I could help more people, um, you know, other than very affluent people that I serve at my work, which are all great people. And uh, that's been a great experience. But I've always thought to myself, well, it'd be nice to kind of apply everything I've learned to help. I mean, the 99 percent of the rest of the people <laughs> here on in this uh, planet. And so um, and so that's one inspiration and then the second inspiration is that i've used um a lot of the personal finance apps on the market you know the biggest one is probably mint um and i've used um um uh, i've used several others and also i've used a lot of technology um at my work um a lot more enterprise grade personal financial planning software um and um you know the money guy pro e-money riskalyze all these uh very popular tools in the um wealth management financial planning industry i've used a lot of them and um and i just th what i've learned is a lot of these tools are very complicated <laughs> And a lot of them, um, what they aspire to do is like create ecosystems and, uh, it's like apps within apps. Like they're like 10 apps in one. And so, and they're great tools, but they're a little overwhelming and they require a lot of learning. And so El Camino Financial is kind of like this idea that like, what, what if I can just take like one tenth of what I want from these tools and just do a really good job with that. And because I have met other people now uh, that are trying to build personal finance apps and they're, they're great apps, but they're like, they just, they, I think get ahead of themselves and they build these really complicated, complex things. And you know, I, and they're great apps, but I'm like, you know, maybe you should have just started with this one feature that you have and, um, and, and just run with that. Cause now they're managing these different features, these different menus. And, and, um, so in short, just, you know, something I can help people with, um, outside of work. And then two, just something that's really easy, simple, to use um, because I think there's a, a, very, a lot of very robust tools out there um, that take a lot of time to learn and manage um, like mint.com um, is, is a great tool, but it, like, it's not a perfect system. You have to, you spend a lot of time categorizing transactions because they're not correctly categorized. Um, there's a lot of ads and um you know, there's a lot of issues with the data aggregation and, um, and, uh, you know, if you change your password or if the link breaks for whatever reason or, um, so it just, um, yeah. So those, those being my two primary inspirations 
And it, it all started during COVID. I actually have on the El Camino Financial.com homepage, I put the link to uh, my story. It wasn't there before. I put it there recently of how this all came about. And um, it was, you know, during peak COVID, I was freaking out like a lot of the rest of the world about what was going to happen. This is like right in the early days of it. Like we're all sent home and um and just worse the the worst time and i was just wondering like what if i lose my job um you know uh what if this gets worse and and really started thinking about like uh just doubling down on kind of looking at my finances and and using exploring tools and figuring out which ones are the best ones and um and and um and actually, there's a third thing. I I have a certification in um, financial planning from the UC Berkeley Extension. Uh, it's their extension program here. And um, can, I, can I actually cut you off? Because yeah. I do have a question on that. Is that the yeah. like, if you want to become a CFP? Yeah. So, yes, it's the education requirement to become a CFP, um, which uh, I've completed. I don't know if I'm going to get my CFP. <laughs> Uh, and, I, uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to speak as a guy who has my financial planning certification from the university of Georgia. Oh, uh, great. Go Bulldogs, nice. by the way. And, uh, I will never be a CFP. So if that is the path you go for respect, the world always needs more of them, but you, you are a better man than me. Yeah. Well, I mean, so you probably meet the education requirements also, right. To get, if you wanted to take that exam. I do. And you in your work probably qualifies for that experience. Does not actually. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. For, for, for anyone at home who I guess this is your first episode or follow me closely or eh, who am I kidding? I'm talking about my nine to five a lot. I work 401k management. Um, however, my right. job does not qualify as CFP work credits because I do not advise individual clients at all. Um, I work solely with plans, employers, and then they take the fiduciary responsibility for their participants. And also, we I work at a record keeper, which is a fancy way of saying that they say jump and I say how high. Yeah. They say, I want to add safe harbor provisions to the plan. Well, then it's my job to tell them, well, we can't do that till 1-1. We need you to sign this form. It's going to cost this much. This is the implication. I don't make decisions. And that, therefore, does not count. Got it. You know, um, yeah. And I just assumed it does because employer benefits, I mean, that's employer benefits and um, that's a big section, but anyways, I mean, you can go get a job if you wanted to and get the experience if you wanted to, I mean, given your education and your current experience and, but um, yeah, uh, it's a, uh, I mean, I really enjoyed the program, the personal financial planning program, UC Berkeley, and I've worked with a lot of CFPs and, uh, CFAs and um, people without any of those credentials, they probably just had the licensing. And um, I mean, it's just a, it's a very tough exam. And I don't really want to get in too much into the CFP things, but um, I, you know, I just, I'm just going to say like you, I, I don't think it's for me and I don't think it's something, you know, maybe in the future uh, I changed my mind, but right now I'm trying to start a business and, um, and I think I've learned a lot um, with the education I have and the 10 years of experience I have working directly with advisors and clients. And, um, and so I'll just leave it at that. 
Hey, yeah. respect. So I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get a couple things in here. Yeah, a few things in here right now. So we kind of, you know, brief introduction to ECF there. It is an app you can download on your phone. It's completely free. But this is not sponsored. I, I am an actual ECF user right here on my phone. Um, I love the app. I asked Sergio to come on. Not sponsored. If anything, it, this is reverse sponsored. Because if you watch till the end of the podcast, or I guess listen to it, we got a little giveaway going. But awesome. I, I do want to get that out 100%. This is in no way a sponsored episode. I legit think this is just a cool thing, and I want to talk about it. Awesome, thank you, Joseph. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a great app um, for anyone that's just. Um, I mean, really, it's great for anyone, but um, you know, specifically anyone interested in just learning basic uh, financial planning principles, and 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 it's a, a budgeting tool. Um, it's an education tool. It's a it's a tool used to help improve your decision making um around finances and um i think it's a pretty cool you know not so boring uh kind of uh interface it's i think kind of you know pretty neat um and uh and very well built and um i appreciate you know anyone that downloads the app signs up and um you'll be on my newsletter and you'll hear from the my newsletter that i try to publish at least once a month um i thank joseph as a creator I, I feel that try at least once a month struggle hey welcome to podcast season three a month and a half strong now um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i i guess you know let's go ahead and jump in ecf is an app we've talked about and this might be a bit of a redundant question but i do want to make sure if nothing else just for um the seo the of the episode ecf it's an app it's a budgeting software a bit of a kind of like your starter financial planning you know is how i'm gonna word that because unless unless there are some features of the tool that i just have not found um you're not exactly analyzing my investment portfolio to find my returns or anything correct um so let's just like getting it right there you know what is ecf at its core outside of maybe just a budgeting or a planning software or, or even to go beyond that where do you see it going and like expanding its reach yeah thanks uh you know so i i do have a much grander vision of what this could be and um i really started with just you know start small of course and um and so a lot of a lot of what my inspiration um again behind this app was um there's a lot of tools out there and i just feel like they're overwhelming in in what they do and so i'm just trying to create something a little more um uh just uh, that is easier to use requires less of my time but um yeah, in its core, it is a I it's not really like a category, I feel like, but it's a financial planning app app. And um and I don't know if you know who uh Michael Kitsis is. He's um he's just a well known um person in the uh financial planning industry. He's uh probably the most popular person in terms of um um 
his blog content and he's very knowledgeable in uh, uh, financial planning uh, technology and um, probably the, the most popular person, I think, amongst financial planners. And he has this um, financial technology map um, and directory on his website. Mm-hmm. And he's very uh, he's nice enough to um, include me on this directory or ECF on this directory and on his uh, technology map. And under this map, he has different categories. And that one category is financial planning software. And he has a new subcategory called financial planning light. And so ECF is under the financial planning light category. Um, But um, specifically, um, so there's like these tools out there that exist um, like, I mean, maybe I shouldn't even say the names, but there's <laughs> there's these tools out there that exist for financial planners. And um, and I guess one thing to say is that this was designed for financial advisors because that's just the the background I come from. And I just figured, why not make it free? for individuals. Um, and so, you know, some people think like, oh, it's a little too uh, technical for individuals and like, okay, yeah, sure. It might be, um, it, it might not be, um, but I did design it first for financial advisors because I know what they're using, um, the tools that they're using, I'm very uh, familiar with. And I I have been, um, an administrator and a lot of these tools and they're expensive tools. And, um, and I'm talking about specific financial planning software. Um, they're expensive. Uh, they're very complicated to use. You, they literally offer certifications, um, to, to learn the software that, so, so essentially you have to take these week long weeks long certifications to learn how to use the software like it so it it's not it's complicated it's not they're not fun to use let's put it that way <laughs> anything that takes weeks to learn and master um and 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 then not only that they'll charge you a few thousand dollars to attend those certification courses um and then you can say you're an expert at that software and so El Camino Financial, also known as ECF, mm-hmm. is kind of like the uh, anti-software, anti-version of whatever <laughs> they're building. Because I've been an administrator for so long on those tools, like it, it is not, it, it's painful using those tools and all these menus. And and you know what? Most of the time, the company I'm working at is paying thousands of dollars for these tools. And we're only using like 10% of the capabilities of this software <laughs> and, um, and firms. And so I'm, I'm, I'm talking more about like El Camino financial for mm-hmm. financial advisors right now. Um, and, uh, and so these, uh, these, these tools are, uh, you know, financial advisors are paying a lot of money for, and they're only using maybe 10% of what they're capable of doing. And a lot of times it's because it's, they're so complicated that they don't even know how to use 
um, the rest of it. And you know what? A lot of advisors um, will go out and tell each other and publicly say, you know what? These tools are great. Like it's the best. I couldn't, I couldn't uh, run my firm without it. But then you know what? They're not even using the software. They're paying someone, a junior advisor like I was for a long time to, to use the software. So like they, you know, so I say this because I've used, I've been in that position for so long. Like what, just thinking, why does this, like given the year we're in it, like, why is this software not work? Like, why is it, why is the design so bad? <laughs> You know, or why is this so complicated? Why does this take me hours and weeks, sometimes months to learn? And why are these features here? If I'm pretty sure no one's using them. And I think what happens is these these firms, they have all these developers, they have staff, and they just need to keep building. They they have a probably venture capital. So there's no turning back. They need to like keep adding stuff. Um, they can't just stop. And um, and a lot of times the people that work at these firms don't have any experience working at financial advisory firms. And uh, and so, I mean, I don't, I don't think any of these people are going to listen to this podcast, so it's okay. <laughs> but otherwise. But for yeah. the record, I, I think you're like, when you say that, that is so true across like all industries. Like, yeah. I mean, prime example, I worked at a public grocery store while I was in college, which I know you don't have on the West Coast, but all of our East Coast listeners shop at Publix. I, it was a pretty good company. Um, but no, the, the inventory management system we used, and to my knowledge, they still do, was 100% made by someone who had never had to manage inventory before. <laughs> Yeah. And I worked at a grocery store for many years also, a uh, local grocery store. Um, and um, it's a good job for a little bit. <laughs> Keyword for a little bit. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and so, so I'm trying to like uh, envision, you know, um, like for one, one example is a lot of these softwares, they do a lot of projections into the future, like 50 years out. And I mean, that's just, I, I don't know how valuable that is. I, because those projections, I mean, so many things change over time. Like how, how can you like confidently, and these are really like complex projections. Like if you make this much and you live here and your bills are this, and they're growing at this rate and, and this plays out and that plays out and that plays out this is how much money you're going to have in 30 years from now. And, uh, and then that's like the focus of these tools is like pre predicting the future pretty much. Like they want to call it projections, but like they're pre I, predicting these unlikely scenarios. Okay, I was out, out of curiosity on this, just to, for, if, if for the real financial nerds listening, uh, are we talking like, you know, like a Monte Carlo or just kind of like a, a multivariable simulation? Uh, yeah, I think Monte Carlo um, I, I mean, both, 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 uh, situations. Um, and I mean, um, specifically for, um, not, not specifically for investments, but, um, it, it, these projections, I mean, if you look at like, um, 
yeah, I don't know. I don't want to say the name of these tools because a lot of people love these tools. Um, but um, if you just look at some financial planning software, they they are uh, you and you can create these scenarios um, and these projections uh, with Monte Carlo and and multivariable. And um, but here here's the thing: like when I was learning, uh, when I was taking these financial planning courses at a uh, you know uh, that I did, you know there they don't talk a lot about Monte Carlo simulate. It's like a paragraph in one of the 20 books that you have to read. And, um, you know, what they do talk a lot about is these calculations that I have in my app, uh, net worth, cash flow, uh, retirement. Um, and, and the retirement calculation is kind of a, a projection, but I feel like it's as pretty, it, you know, what it is, is anything in, El Camino Financial, you can explain to someone like you can proof it on your calculator. You can do it maybe on your a piece of paper, but like anything in these other tools, like you can't, you're just like telling the client, I can't explain to you exactly how this is working, but this is, this was made by really smart engineers and we just need to trust it. <laughs> like, um, you know, and Bye. Go ahead. I was say uh, my senior year of college, I took a financial planning intro course, and we had to. And the hey editor cut all of that out. Um, one thing we had to do is the professor was determined he was going to teach us all Python, which I, I don't know why. I I appreciate it. It's pretty cool to know now. Um, but it it really didn't have much to do with the course. But our part of our final was we all had to code a full Monte Carlo multivariable simulation using Python and then turn it in so he could run it. Dear listener, I cried. I I was up many a nights crying over that. Monte Carlos are not necessary. At least this is my humble opinion. Um, uh, one day we might have like Cody Garrett, CFP extraordinaire. And that sounds like a knock, but which I have so much respect. For Cody Garrett and Measure Twice, Measure Twice Money, Measure Twice Financial. Oh, I should know that. Either a cool Measure guy Twice Planning, I think. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I've seen him on the follow the him on Twitter. Cool guy, CFP. But seriously, most people like you and me more than likely don't need a Monte Carlo. We just we need a simple, like we're talking about right now. You know, if you put X amount into a four hundred one k every year and it earns X percent, this is how much money you'll have. Right. There's no need to go that in depth. Yeah. And I, and again, I, I've, um, you know, I studied economics and we did a multivariable linear regression models. Um, and so I'm very familiar with how technical, um, and, and that was for like economic analysis and uh, policy, but I don't, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think that's necessary so much it's a it's it is helpful it's a tool but i think like a lot of the tools i'm seeing being used and 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 people heavily rely on it like that is like it's just uh you know and 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 you know what and they're not looking at the client's cash flow you know um or uh or um their debt to income like these very basic calculations that i have in el camino financial which are uh from what i understand very important 
calculations to personal financial planning um, according to like just my education in this uh, area. And, um, and what I like is that you can explain it to someone, you can explain it to a client, you can, um, you, you know how it works. And, um, and, and uh, you're focusing on the now, you know, like, what's, I mean, that's more important than anything is how are you doing right now? And that's what these calculations will tell you. Um, you know, that's another benefit is it, it will identify your financial strengths and weaknesses. Um, so maybe you have a positive cash flow, which is great, but maybe your uh, debt to income is is uh, high. Um, and um, and so that's another strong suit. And um, and the the way it these calculations are not random by any means. Uh, again, I started with the calculations in the textbooks that I used for my financial planning course. There's a lot of them. And then I started looking at, according to these textbooks, what does a financial plan consist of? And, um, and, and, and there was this list of questions that um, the textbook offered and said a finance and I'm not saying El Camino Financial is offering a financial plan, but I was studying what a, a financial plan is according to the textbooks that I had. And a and the text said a financial plan should be able to answer these questions. And um and so then that's where I started is okay, I want to create something that could answer some of these questions. I, I'm not going to create something that can uh, uh, answer all of these questions because um, that'd be very complex, you know, traditional financial plan. But I'm like, you know what? I can use some calculations to answer. Like how is someone doing with their spending? How is someone doing with their debt? Um, are they on track for retirement? Um, you know, questions that you're, you know, very basic questions, actually. Um, but it, it's not, you know, so there was a framework on how I approached this. Like, I'm going to go to the textbooks and start there and and um, use that as my guide. And so, um, and so one of my goals with ECF is to, I think, help bring it advisors back into like the fundamentals <laughs> you know and maybe it's too um basic right now but i i, I think that you know i i don't think so actually because uh, you can you can look at these calculations and and uh infer a lot about someone's financial position just by these basic calculations and um and then also um the other thing that I had in mind when building this was that new finance, you know, there's a lot of young people. I mean, actually maybe all age groups, but there's just a large trend of people going out on their own uh, to, they don't want to work for a big firm. They want to uh, develop their own business, helping people with their finances. The, a lot of, then a lot of the tools in the industry become uh, too expensive for them. And so I'm like, okay, like what if I can create something that's affordable to someone who's going out on their own and um, 
and you know until they make their way up into need something needing something a little more robust um and so um so yeah and and dear at home if you're if you're watching this on youtube it looks like i've been texting for the last 5 minutes no uh i kind of wanted i figured the best way to show everyone at home how easy this is to set up um i ran a full snapshot while you were talking with multi levels it is a super simple app that i mean of course i'm not much on uh well, I guess well, what would be the best way to put this? Uh, the financial planner side, the financial advisor side. However, I can speak for the individual at-home user, and you guys can just see in the time it took him to say that. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a non-derogatory term. So you're like, if That's I say right. if I say paragraph, it sounds like you were rambling. If I say sentence, it sounds too short. Well, at the time it took him to answer that question and like extrapolate on everything, I did a full snapshot. It's it's super simple. Um, and I, I got to say, you and once again, hey, editor, you're going to have a fun time with this. How do you know going a little off script here, off the questions I sent you? Because I, I do want to ask. Um, oh, it's fine. Because ECF was my first introduction to the financial planning light software. Which is, as someone who does a financial coach, or not does, as someone who does financial coaching, that's like 90% of what I do is that financial planning light, especially as someone with no certifications to recommend investments. Um, super cool tool. I, out of just curiosity, do you have other competitors in the, in the light space? Um, cause they don't, <clears throat> if you do, they don't seem to get near as much airtime because the Mint Mobile, the Every Dollar. The yeah. kind of more day-to-day apps. Yeah, there's a few, um, or there's many out there. Um, but what's um so um I, I'd also like to talk about um maybe I, I'm gonna answer your question first, but we can also talk about like a lot of resources I use um to get my business going and to and to keep me motivated because there's a lot of great resources that I'm sure you have also. So, but I think a lot of people would like to know you know, what, what keeps these guys motivated and who are they learning from? Because I don't have a mentor, uh, per se. I mean, I don't have a mentor. I, my mentors are like the bosses I've had for the last 10 years, you know, but they're not, they're not specifically mentoring me on this, but I've learned a lot from them and, and, um, and, and, uh, but, um, I would like to talk about the resources we use, you know, um, to run our business, um, whether it be podcasts or books or whatever, but oh, yeah. uh, absolutely that is because yeah. that's once really we got cool. Past, I, think. I was gonna say once we got past ECF, I definitely did want yeah. to discuss the entrepreneur life and the entrepreneur vision. Great. So there's a lot of competitors, um, uh, but you know what? There's not many well-known competitors. Like the only one is like Mint. Um, and then I would even say that Quick Quicken has a financial planning software. Um, I know that. I mean, I don't. I don't. Um, it's not QuickBooks because that's the counting. It's mm-hmm. uh, they have one that is um, 
I have not used. I, I, I maybe I did use it for a little bit. I think I tried their trial version or something, but Quicken, you know, they make financial software. They've been doing it for a long time. Um, and it's, um, so, I mean, there's other, a few others, but I would say like, there's not like one go-to source for this type of stuff, which I, which is great for me, you know, <laughs> um, like, because I think it's a good opportunity there. And I've used a couple of, you know, I don't know if it matters, but I've, I've used, you need a, but YNAB, you need a budget triller or tiller. I, I forget what it's called. Um, and, um, and we're, we're going to start, we're going to start just, uh, I, I'm Googling tiller right now. Cause I've never heard of that. Um, yeah. we're going to start bleeping out all of the names of your competitors you list. Cause we are, we're not here to give them airtime. Okay. So, That's fine. I won't even say it. I wasn't <laughs> sure what the, um, conduct was around that, but it's probably no, no, a good I, idea to not mention <laughs> specific companies. I, I mean, again, na name drop anybody. Um, oh, this one's going to be a huge bleep. I don't know how how far back you may have gone or if you listened to any episodes. If the answer is zero, I will not be offended. But did an episode with Luke somebody, and it's like an hour and a half episode, and an hour of that was just us bashing Walmart. Okay. And I had to go through. It took me over an hour to go through and bleep out every oh, single man. time we said Walmart. But oh, I, I think if you're just saying, like, my competitors are, and this is what I personally don't like about mint quick and tiller whatever yeah. which is real never heard of them before um yeah. i think i i think we're we are more than in the clear and it's a very professional statement as well and i think it's fine too because they have like thousands and thousands of users <laughs> like you know i have like less than 100 so um but um so so my main point there is that there's a lot of competitors but um there's no go-to person, you know? Mm -hmm. And so these are my aspirations. Like, you know, like I want to be like, I don't know, you know, it's like, I want to be the go-to source. And, um, you know, obviously that might take a long time, but the, the, the benefit that I have right now is there is no, like when you think of a person, I mean, it's mint. I, people still, I think, Everyone just knows Mint, not because it's a great app. Hey, uh, can you still hear me at all? You have frozen completely on my end. Um, don't believe that to be me because everything else of mine is working fine. Let me say it. Send you a Twitter DM because, yeah, you are totally frozen on my side. Uh, I wish I had another way to contact you. Oh, there he is. I resend the link.
extra head, faster way to contact. Sit here for a minute and then editing this is going to be fun. Crap, sorry, I don't know. Hey man, we are, we are all good. Everything all right? Yeah, sorry, I, I don't know what happened. Um, all right, so anyways, um, I was just saying, you know, there's no one big, uh, I mean, there is um, <laughs> one or two, but you know, um, and this is going to kind of tie in to the entrepreneurial stuff we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, let's say for me, it's like, Okay, there's some competitors out there, but I could probably name them on like one hand, two hands, maybe the comp- maybe two hands. But when I think about like my career as a a financial planner or advisor, which you know I, I I do hope to continue, and you think about how many competitors I have there, oh my God, we'd be here all day. <laughs> you know, like we couldn't even. There's so when you look at it that way, I'm like, you know like my odds for some reason seem better trying to develop a financial app than they do being a financial advisor, you know? And um, I want to argue with that, but there are three Raymond James branches in my town. Yeah. And that, that one we're definitely bleeping because I am not name dropping Raymond James. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's um, not worth, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I, I want to help people and all that, but, um, anyways, um, there are competitors and, and, and there's actually, you know, cause I'm here in, in San Francisco. Um, I have yeah. met, um, I've connected with many people. I, cause I, I, um, I want to meet other people that are doing something similar. So I connect mm-hmm. with people online LinkedIn and I offer to, have a conversation and talk to them and they're all doing way better than me but like i haven't really gotten a lot of like risk they connect they'll add me on linkedin or whatever or uh or uh follow me back or whatever but they and i'll i'll just straight up be like hey i want to talk to you like i think it's cool you're doing i'm trying to do something similar and so i haven't really connected with a lot of people but there is one person that i have connected um and he has a great app 
and I'll, I'll give him the plug because he actually did meet with me. Um, and it's a zillion, uh, I think, excuse me, zillion app. It's a, with the X I L L I O N, uh, zillion.com or zillion app.com. Yep. And, uh, and, and I did meet with him in San Francisco and, uh, he does, he's an engineer by background. He was worked at all the biggest tech companies and, uh, and we're not super close buddies, but he was very nice that, and he does a, it's pretty impressive what he's doing. And, um, I thought it was really cool that he did meet with me and talk to me. Um, and, um, but you know, um, so, uh, there's a lot of people doing it, but, um, I will say one thing that makes, um, my app really unique, which is kind of, uh, funny because, um, a lot of all the financial apps use some sort of data aggregation where you like add your user ID and your password mm -hmm. and then all that data just feeds in. Mm -hmm. And one, it doesn't feed in perfectly. Um, and then uh, two, that was part of my problem with a lot of the apps was like, I don't want to, I don't want, I don't trust you. I don't want you to have access to my bank information. Um, and you know, and and so I started to think a lot about that because I thought I was going to do that too with this app, but I thought a lot about it. And um, with the the snapshot creation process, you go through um, it, it was five, it's six sections now: um, the uh, income, expenses, uh, debts. Um, uh, there's a retirement section, goals. And then the assets, um, not in that order, I kind of screwed up the order, <laughs> but anyways, um, but you know, I thought, yeah, you know, that seems like a lot of work providing all that data, but then I'm like, you know what? I thought about it a lot and, uh, and, and I actually had a spreadsheet that, um, I can also go into before the app was made, but, um, what I learned in the spreadsheet that I had, um, cause I was trying to design like the app in a spreadsheet first before mm -hmm. I, I had, a, uh, and I'm not a developer. I have, I work with a <laughs> developer. Um, but I'm like, you know what? Um, I, I, I created what I want in the spreadsheet because again, they're very straightforward calculations that you can do in a spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I created what I wanted and I actually created something a lot more robust in an Excel spreadsheet. I worked on it for like, you know, that when COVID started, I was at home a lot. And for like six to eight months, I developed this really robust spreadsheet. I was learning like VBA code and if statements and all this stuff. And I built this really advanced spreadsheet of, of what I wanted um, because uh, I didn't like the tools that were available and then, or the tools that I did want to use were too expensive. And, um, and uh, I even emailed one of these vendors and I was like, Hey, like I'm a, fresh financial planning professional and i'm a, a student and like can i access I, I like your software and i want to use it for my personal stuff like can i get a discount or use it for free and they're like no uh, <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm like okay i have to make what i want like in a, in the spreadsheet and so i did and anyways my point there is that um you know when when you create your snapshot for the first time that's where most of the work is done the first time you do it and the thing is the the El Camino Financial, then it saves that information. So next time when you go to update your snapshot, it's very unlikely that all of that has changed. Like it's 
probably only one thing that's changed. So now you have all this information there. And when you go update, maybe you got to raise, okay, I'm going to increase my income. Everything else is pretty much the same. I'm just going to put reflect my pay increase or, oh, um, this debt, I'm going to, you know, maybe a couple things. Oh, maybe I got to raise, maybe my car low payment is lower and uh, my mortgage is a little bit lower, but like, it's very unlikely that everything has changed. And like, so a lot of people think like, oh, this is a lot of work to do. Well, it's only the first time. And you know what? And I also tell people like, just use estimates. Like the, you mm-hmm. don't have to be <laughs> extremely accurate. And also, you know, you use estimates and if you want to refine it over time, you can like, if you want to go back and make it a little more accurate. But once you put all that information in for the first time, then going forward, um, like I've even looked at my expenses going back a year or so. And like, you know what? My spending on food is about the same every month. Like my rent is the same. Most, a lot of things are the same, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, your your rent or your mortgage, uh, your insurance, um, uh, y- you know, I don't know. A lot of the bills don't change your car payment. So like, why do you need that automatically feeding in from somewhere? It, 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 you, it doesn't change. So you're never going to change it that often in El Camino financial because it just doesn't change that much. Um, and, um, and, and so when I had that realization then I'm like, you know what, like, it seems a little backwards, uh, low tech to have something like that. But you know what? It's actually not a lot of change that happens, um, you know, and uh, maybe over time, of course, there's, things change. But, you know, when when you're updating it, maybe two, I would say, like, if you just update it once a year, I mean, I actually think I encourage people to do a, like once a quarter. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Things don't change much in a quarter. Like you're going to log in and you're just going to be like, oh, nothing's changed. And you can just submit it. This is my Q1 update and name it whatever you want with some emojis like I have in the pictures. But um, you know what? I think people will be surprised. Oh, you know what? I don't need some data aggregator feeding in all this data because I, I can just, you know, I can do it this way and it's more private. I'm not, my app is not getting your transactions and, um, and um, collecting all that information. And then also the other benefit is if some, data aggregators feeding in this information, you don't really know where your money is going. And so by entering it in yourself, you're learning. It's so like the snapshot creation process is a part of the learning experience. Like, oh, this is how much I'm paying for my, you know, different expenses. This is what you're, you're like getting ingraining in your brain. Like this is where my money is going because you're manually putting that in. And, um, and it doesn't, I mean, like you said earlier, it doesn't really take that long, especially if you're just estimating. Um, and it's a part of the experience. Um, it's a part of the learning experience. So everything in the app is like the hist. So like the thing, the, the number of sections in the app is like, there's like, there's the homepage, which shows you like the history of everything, your snapshots. There's the dashboard, which just has the calculations. There's like the FAQ section, which explains each calculation in detail. And then Mm -hmm. there's a profile settings 
There's only four sections in the mm-hmm. app. It's super simple. And that's, um, that's my goal. And um, I did the newest feature, um, two new features. One of them is the, you know, initially in the creating a snapshot section uh, process, there was only five sections, but I added the retirement section um, where you can um, adjust your retirement calculation. Um, and so the basic settings is just your, the age you want to retire and like, um, it asks for your birthday to confirm your birthday. And I'll tell you why it does ask for your birthday. Um, and then what, uh, age you want to retire and then the advanced settings, which are hidden, but you can show uh, the advanced settings will allow you to change your, uh, the, um, uh, uh, the, the return, uh, mm-hmm rate um what percentage of your current income do you want to make in retirement and it adjusts for inflation oh so that's the other variable you can adjust is the inflation variable i mean it's at like three percent but you can adjust that if you think inflation is going to remain at what it is now um and then um and then there's another uh variable um i'm so I'm going to cut in. If inflation stays at where it is now, we are all screwed. Uh. Yeah, Yeah, we are. Um, And, um, and, uh, and I think that's a good learning experience too. Like learning, like, I mean, maybe you won't jump into adjusting those. So there's some defaults I have in there, like a 10% return assumption and uh, retirement age of 65 and um at three percent inflation rate which is the average but you can you can change that uh, you know if you want but those are my default settings and anyone can change it and um and then some people might be thinking like oh it's kind of weird why why can i adjust my birth date here well the the other thing the other way that i'm thinking you know maybe this goes back to the way the advisors would use it but like you can create a snapshot for someone. And so you would want to adjust their birthday, you know, cause it'd be a different person. If you're creating a, a snapshot for a different client, you would add that different client's birthday um, and then their preferences. And then you can, you would name the snapshot accordingly. This is Jane's snapshot. And the last one was Mary's snapshot or something. And so you would, you would adjust those retirement, uh, the birthday specifically and then name it however and then you can share you can send a snapshot to someone which i think is pretty cool so like i'm that's where the advisor comes in like hey if i'm the advisor and i'm creating snapshots i want my client mary to create an account with el camino financial she has to sign up but then she doesn't need to enter the day i mean i'll enter the data for her or with her in my account and then I can send it, I can share it with her in her account and then she can log in and see it in her app. And you know what? And if Mary wants to create her own snapshot, she can. And that's the other advantage is a lot of the industry tools, they would never let their client (laughs) log into because it's so intimidating and complicated. And so again, like that's another advantage. I'm thinking like, what is like, I want to create something that the advisor would be comfortable letting a client go in and use and play with. And I mean, you know, or, or maybe the client's like, you know what, like Sergio, I'm going to enter this information and I'm going to share it with you. 
and you have access to it as my advisor, um, you know, because it's so easy to do. I'll, I'll just do it for you. I mean, it's maybe very unlikely that an advisor would let the client do it, but I mean, she can log in and do it if she wants, or the advisor can do it and share it with her. And, um, and so that's another, um, so when you share it, you know, with someone, you enter their email, they get the email and says, so-and-so shared the snapshot with you and then they save it in their account and then they can see it. And, um, yeah, anyways, <laughs> I can go on and on about this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'd hope you could, I mean, this yeah. is in a lot of ways, you know, your, your passion project, this mm -hmm. is, I mean, you are. Oh God, this is going to sound so corny, but you know, you are creating the change you want to see in the world. You mm -hmm. are creating the tool that you believe your industry needs. I hope you could talk about this. I hope we could do a six hour podcast where I can't get yeah. a word in edgewise. Yeah. I, I, I'd be a little worried if you couldn't. Yeah, no. Um, I've, I, 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 before the app was being developed, I was work playing in my spreadsheet and, and 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 thinking about the idea for about two years before I actually like had some um developer working on it. And um and so um yeah we don't we'll, we'll kind of switch subjects but I just it's an it's just uh I guess the final words around that it's just really easy to use. Um it's educational. Um there's some commentary now in the dashboard. If you click on the calculations there's some commentary now and what I like about the commentary, it's kind of like um, it's positive reinforcement. You know, like if you have a if you have a low or, you know, there's like a weakness identified in there. It's not the commentary is still, still pretty framed in a positive way. And I think that's also important um, because that and what I like about that is it's not just numbers. Now that you see there's some context and some commentary and that really, I hope, kind of motivates someone who maybe looks at a number like, oh, that I'm not doing too great there. But they click on this comment and then, um, you know, I don't want to I, I think it's framed pretty well and um, and uh, and and, and um, in a positive way. And so hopefully um, I think that's a pretty cool feature that we just added was the, the commentary and um, and uh, yeah, so uh, download. El Camino Financial uh, ECF um, is what it's named. Um, it's the DBA for the business is actually ECF and uh, it's available on the Apple app store, Android, and a, a great web app. Um, it's actually also available on the iPad tablet or Android tablet. And uh, they're all, they all sync together. If you go from your desktop to the app, it, all your information is, is, is linked and, um, the web app um, works great. That's what I started with. And um, and uh, yeah, go download it and uh, let me know what you think. Um, my email, uh, maybe I won't say my email, but there's a contact form uh, or you can message me on Twitter. And um, and uh, I mean, if anyone reaches out to you, you can give them my email. Um, I have no problem with people contacting me. I'm going to go ahead and then since we're on the subject, this, this fits in perfectly do the reverse sponsorship here. So, you know what? I'm, I'm going to up the stakes a little bit as a thank you to Sergio for coming on the podcast. Again, not sponsored. I'm going to give away free passive income coffee mugs 
to the first, let's say, three people who download the ECF app, create a snapshot, and send me screenshot proof on either Twitter, Instagram, through DM. You got to do that by this Friday. Um, editing me, put the date in of what that'll be. But yeah, awesome. first, first three people are going to get a passive income posse coffee mug, courtesy of Dividend Dave store, straight from me. Just download the ECF app, create a screenshot, D create a snapshot, and then DM me a screenshot to prove that you did it. Awesome. And that will bring us into our last section of the interview. We are going to move past ECF directly as a product and talk about you more as an entrepreneur and as, I mean, hey, a, a bit of a creator. I don't know. Do you, you know, the term founder, creator, CEO? Um, I, I don't really like the word founder, but I, I'm going with it now. I, I think it's just, I was using owner. I was just saying like owner of ECF, but I, I don't know. I, I felt like, I don't know. People use founder. So I'm just going to go with founder, but I, I just consider, um, you know, only there's nothing wrong with founder. It's just, uh, you know, me being here in San Francisco, it's just kind of like you get kind of tired of the uh, startup culture. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it's just um, not. And I don't mean like it's it's mostly like it's just different here in San Francisco. Um, and so like, um, anyways, I'm the founder of El Camino financial. Uh, we'll, we'll go with that. I don't even want to know what the San Francisco tech scene is like. I, I live in a mid-sized North Carolina town. Uh, the, the high, the most high tech thing we have here is Mr. Beast, but, but outside oh, of him, it's maybe the, the big sushi. One. Yeah. Well, he really is. He is the big one, uh, yeah. which, which is always, <laughs> The the man lives like twenty minutes down the road from me. Wow. If I if I could just get one podcast episode, that'd be great. He wouldn't even have to travel. We'd all yeah. be millionaires. Uh, That's but, awesome. No, uh, Jimmy. Hey, Bud. I'm I'm right here. Uh, I ain't going anywhere. But I mean, say the next most high tech thing we have is probably the sushi place with the conveyor belt. But even that's like forty five minutes away. <laughs> so yeah, I I don't I don't want to yeah. know what Silicon Valley is like. I don't. You like sushi. It. Oh, I love it. Oh, I need okay. it. I need it every Great. day if awesome. I could. I'm like, that's if you guys you if you got a sushi place, then that's pretty good. That's <laughs> um yeah, I mean, uh I, I grew up in a small town. Um uh, uh I wanna I wanna say, I mean, traffic has gotten so much worse. So I used to say an hour uh outside of uh, San Francisco, but now it's more like two hours because of traffic. But I grew up in a small um mostly agricultural town and um i've been but i've been in the bay area for 10 years now since i went to college and but i anyways no, no um, I, yeah i have I to ask the tech you culture one... here is just different yeah <laughs> i was i had and our, our audio is recorded separately so i'll just cut myself off anywhere we've talked over each other i'll, I'll cut one of us off um but I, I do have to ask as someone who did grow up in a farm town does anyone refer to where you live as the big city do you hear that? Would you like visit family? Okay, no, but so I so yeah so I I went to school in um in San Jose, which is like south of San Francisco. Um, technically, Silicon Valley is mm -hmm. is not San Francisco. Um, it's actually like the South Palo Alto, Mountain View. 
Um, now, now I got to pull it. Now I got to pull up a map. <laughs> but, um, but, so I went to school um, outside of San Francisco is my main point, mm -hmm. and a, a lot of people would say the city, like I'm going to the city, and I just thought that was so douchey. Um, because I mean, I, I'd been to San Francisco growing up, you know, on the weekends, my parents would take us there and we went there a lot, um, uh, you know, to museums and it, it was, a, it was really cool, but I would just call it San Francisco or SF. Um, and, uh, and, but when I moved to the Bay area, people would call San Francisco the city. And I just thought that was so douchey. And I was like, you know, but I would, so, but it's just such a common thing now that I, I do. They call it the city. And uh, and so um, that's just what people call it. And uh, I, I just say SF most of the time, I think SF or San Francisco. The one thing um, the one thing that is like, I guess, the big no, no, <laughs> um, for like a lot of tourists call it San Fran. And that's just like the one that's just the most, um, I think, touristy thing. I mean, there's nothing wrong. I probably it's very common. And uh, but that's just kind of like the number one thing. Like you don't want to call it from what I understand. I mean, I, I wouldn't care, but some people feel very strongly like, no, no one calls it San Fran. I'm just like, OK, I mean, I like San Francisco. It's fine. Um, SF. I mean, the town I grew up in, um, I looked up the census actually like yesterday, mm -hmm. just crossed like 6,000 people. So mm -hmm. I can only imagine in here, Green, Greenville, North Carolina, it's like an 80,000 person city. Okay. I go home and I visit family and they're like, oh, the big city. <laughs> uh, they're like, I bet it has two Walmarts. And I, that's, <laughs> that's not a hate in them. I love my family, but yeah. If I moved to like oh L.A., San Francisco, San Fran, Seattle, I can only imagine the crap I'd get when I visit. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty nuts. I so I now, um, I, I I've lived all over the Bay Area for the last ten years. Uh, two of two and a half years was in San Francisco, in the heart of. Um, it was in downtown San Francisco. Um, Soma is the neighborhood. And uh, it was really cool. It was very much a very because a lot of the Bay Area is pretty. I mean, it's a there's a lot of people here, but a lot of it is very uh, suburban neighborhoods. Most of it um, in San Francisco is the real like city like and Oakland is the other one that's really like, you know, they have uh, skyscrapers and um, it's a lot going on. And uh, and so uh, for two and a half years, I lived in downtown San Francisco and it was really cool. Um, um, but I but I enjoy, you know, the quieter uh, lifestyle, I think, where I live now is a lot quieter, but I can get to San Francisco within 20 minutes. Um, so it's still really close. But um, I was, I'm going to assume yeah. you paid my yearly salary and rent. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that, we're, we're getting off topic back to ecf entrepreneurship uh um, yeah let's start with you've mentioned this a few times you know you have a nine to five yeah um and you do not work from home correct i do not you're commuting so, and you're yeah. doing ecf on the side bro how are you managing that well um so uh, uh i so first i i live 
10 minutes away from work. It's very close. Um, I, I did commute for a long time. And uh, after doing that for a few years here in the Bay Area, I'm like, I, I can't. It's so miserable. Um, so I I, uh, I live, um, I'm in Marin County and I um, live very close to my work. And in, when I was living in San Francisco prior to moving here, I lived walking distance to work. So I uh, have lived very close to work for the last few years. Um, but yeah, so I do work. Um, my boss is uh, a little old school. And so we start at 630 in the morning <laughs> and I work till 3 p.m. That explains so much because I, it, behind the scenes, look, when we were trying to coordinate this, he was like, yeah, 630 Eastern works fine. And I'm like, what is this man doing at 3.30 that he can just leave for an hour? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, I'm off at 3. Um, you know, my boss likes to get in when the market's open. And and um, and, and the people I work with, are, uh, they're CFAs. And uh, they've been uh, they've been very uh, uh, they're they're experts in the investments and um, and uh, they follow the market and the economy very closely. And it's just a routine they've had. And um, and so I get in. So, uh, yeah, so um, I, I, you know, I, I do I, I have a lot of time. I mean, I don't have any kids. Do you have kids? I don't know. No I, I do not. Yeah, I have no kids. Um. I live very close to work, so I get home. Um, but I, I think a lot of it goes. So this is like a, a very interesting story. I think that I like to share with people. When I was living in San Francisco, working at another uh, wealth management firm, I had this problem. So let me just set up the story. I started another technology business before, and I. Um, I was working at this wealth management firm and we had this specific problem that I was responsible for and I hated it. It was like such a painful task and it's pretty easy to explain. Um, and you might do something similar at work, your job, or it's easy to explain because we, I was responsible for like the investment reporting software that mm. we use at this firm I was at. And so that just means like all the data is coming in from our custodians, uh, Charles Schwab and Fidelity, and it feeds into this central system that you can then produce reports that are branded with the firm logo <laughs> and then send them to clients or print them out, you know, and so it's aggregating all this data. You just described 90% of my day to day. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you're you're responsible for a a system that's aggregating all this information. You can run reports. You're probably doing some quality audit checks and and uh, I don't know. You're running billing from it. You can run billing and um and so a lot of the data was coming in um and um and uh but what's been a trend uh for the last few years um, in my career, at least, because like the first few years, I didn't really see much of this, but the last few years, people are, clients are, and advisors are more interested in getting into like private investments, private equity, um, you know, whereas, uh, I mean, it's always been a popular thing, but I think it's become a little more popular um, because uh, when I first started, it was mostly just seeing advisors investing in mutual funds and stocks and bonds and, 
and uh, ETFs and stuff. And um, I actually remember still when like ETFs were like becoming a little more common and, oh, no one's going to use those. And anyways, it was just, it, yeah, looking back is kind of odd, like why people were so against ETFs. Um, but anyways, um, the last few years and last five or so years, advisors have been investing more in private investments and um uh, and alternatives um real estate um you know uh vc uh very technical uh, cr uh debt credit stuff um and the main point here is that these investments they don't have automated data coming into the system um like a public stock does um or or Charles Schwab you know, these, they're just giving you a statement every quarter. Like how, if you want to know what your investment's doing, you're going to wait till that statement is sent to you and you log in the vault and download the statement. There's no automated data feed. Are you, are is, you familiar with balance forward 401k plans? I've, I've heard of it. Okay. I, you just described, again, you just described 90% of my day to day. Balance forward 401k plans. Um, there's a total plan account. The way there's two ways to handle these. There's one specific way I want to talk about where like the whole plan is like at Fidelity, Matrix Phoenix, Charles Schwab, a custodian who holds the assets. Um, but each per person is held in like an individual brokerage account or they're in one pooled brokerage account and some accountant is doing the math on who gets what. But exactly like you said, you know how many calls I get every single day that are, hey, well, how much money is in my account? Well, as of the end of the last quarter, yeah. the other than that is the answer is, I crazy. don't know. And nobody, neither does anybody else. Yeah, crazy. Um, And so, yeah, so you're, you you know, I knew you'd be somewhat familiar with this kind of just uh, getting statements and waiting and then like a lot of times, like you won't even get the statement when the quarter ends. It's like it comes a month later, two months after the quarter. It's and like, then, oh, God, heaven forbid somebody wants a distribution from their account. Yeah. Then we got to get on the phone and be like, all right, Schwab, I just need to know how much is in John's account. And the, <laughs> and the answer I get is eh, three to five business days. Yeah. And, and not to call out Schwab or anybody in particular. Um, mm -hmm. I might even bleep that, honestly. Because uh, I do a lot of work with Schwab, and I think if I piss them off, I am dead. Yeah, out I of do the too. Job. Yeah, Schwab's great, but yeah, they're they. I'm, I'm just gonna say it, man. They are, and I'm gonna bleep this. Mm. They are way better than Fidelity, but nobody beats uh, Matrix in in my industry, at least. Oh, okay, that's good to know. Mm. So, I was doing this job where I'm, we're doing more private investments and getting a bunch of clients in them and then now we're getting all these statements uh and i'm like crap like and so i have to manually type in this information into the system and it's such a terrible it, i hated it like we would get hundreds of statements and then the advisors want you to put it in right away because they want to know how it impacts the client's portfolio and so like you're just spending days typing these statements in and every statement is uh different and the terminology and like there's so many times 
actually it's irrelevant i don't even want to go into that um <laughs> i could it's just not uh, yeah um anyway so it's it's not worth it we gotta exactly. hold him back it's the fight's not worth it exactly um but the main thing was that um i was manually typing in these statements and um and uh um with the reporting system that we're using there's this uh like uh ex spreadsheet that you can use because you can either type it into the system or you can there's an excel template you can use and type it in the spreadsheet and then upload it um to the system and and it was easier typing in the spreadsheet um it's just a little more organized and um and uh in the system, you have to do like one statement and the process starts over and you type in one statement, whereas a spreadsheet, you know, you can just en start entering everything in the cells. And, um, and so I thought to myself, um, okay, like here's this template that the system is using, uh, can use like their hat and I, for one investment, you know, there might be uh 30, 40 clients in this one investment. And I realized Okay, like um, these statements are all the same. You know, it's all the same investment. It's just each statement, you know, we're getting 40 statements for each of the 40 clients that were in it. Okay, the statement is the same. The number placement is the same. Um, and like, so I'm like thinking there, there should be some technology that like can scan these statements and put it in the spreadsheet for me. Mm -hmm. Um because um they're all the same and the numbers i need are all in the same place so like there should be a technology that can just i can add all scan all these statements and put it in this, the spreadsheet for me and it i mean it existed but it was super expensive because i would talk to the cto of the firm and, and he he'd be like oh that's a good idea and he started looking into and it was like hundred thousand dollars or something and so you know, that's like the cost of another employer, you know? So like, yeah, so, yeah I would say I don't that's, know. Uh, we're not doing that. That's a huge and, chunk of change. Yeah. And um, so I'm like, okay, well, this really sucks. And so I just, but I just knew like this, they're overcharging or something like that just does not seem right. And so me living in San Francisco and in, in this building with 99% of the people in the building I was living in were engineers, computer engineers. And I um, uh, was invited to poker night at one of my neighbors and they were all engineers and, uh, and, uh, and then we're talking and I'm like, yeah, you know, I want to learn how to code because, and then I, th th this guy was like, oh, you know, he's he's a nice guy. And he was like, oh, you know, why would you want to learn how to code? And I'm like, well, I actually have a really good idea. And, um, and he was like, oh, you know, and what is it? And and uh, I told him and uh, he had a, his own business, which was um, um, I mean, it was a cool idea, but he wasn't doing well. Um, I mean, which is, I think, ultimately why he jumped on board with my idea. Um, but he was very. Um, and so I told him if I knew how to code, this is what I would do, because this is such a common problem. Um, and there are other technologies out there doing it but they're charging a lot of money and i don't really know why um and i think they're losing business because they're just not doing it right like because there were still a lot of firms i knew 
uh, people worked at that were doing it manually because they're like, we're not going to pay a hundred grand for this. Like, that's crazy. So I just knew there was an opportunity there. And so this developer was like, I will help you build this. I will build this, you know, but he had no uh, understanding of the problem really mm-hmm. uh, or, or how this would work. And I'm like, okay, wow, that's pretty cool. Like you, you, you'll build this. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. Like, and I said, if you build this, like, I'm really confident I can get my employer or someone else to sign up. I know a lot of people who understand this problem or or have this problem. And again, if you build it, they will come. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like a revolutionary idea, but there was no one else doing it. Uh, mm-hmm. Just there just was no one else doing it except this one place. And um, they were charging a crazy amount of money. So I just think there was something wrong about what they're doing. But um, uh, so I spent like uh, almost a year helping meeting with him to uh, giving him everything, like telling him how it should be designed like he had no idea of what anything about this and so like we met and like how it should work and where the buttons should be and and how and like i met with him so much and and, um and then he built it and um and it worked and uh and then i got my employer to be the first customer for like six thousand dollars like first customer six thousand dollars i mean you're charging six percent of what your nearest competitor is costing right yeah ridiculous which is a great sales pitch yeah (laughs) but even if it fails i mean for most corporations six grand is a rounding error yeah i mean exactly oh yeah this firm had was managing billions of dollars and like that was like you know and and so man so like he built it we got someone to sign up i was like man this is mind-blowing like i but i was just so familiar with the problem that I, I was pretty confident. Um, but I, I didn't know I'd actually find someone to build it and, and we would build it. Like to me, that was like, oh, no one's ever going to, I'm going to have to learn how to code myself and then I'll build it over the next few years or something. Like I, I thought it was such a good idea that I was going to try to do that at least. So then this guy builds it and I get my employer to sign up. And now he's really seen like, holy shit, this is an actual, this is a good idea. Like he's in the loop now. And, and, um, then, and he was like my, he was like trying to be best friends with me. He like loved me, like call me brother and all this stuff. And it was going great. But, and, and I had, and he, so then he created a, a business entity and then this is where it all started. This is where all started falling apart. He created this business entity and like initially he gave me no like ownership in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, like what the hell? Like he like, I mean, cause we had been discussing like, you know, they we're in this together. But then he just like creates a business entity without telling me. And I mean, he has all the code and stuff. And so like, I'm like, okay, what the hell? Then he's like, Oh, you know? And so then, then I get some equity. I get, then I get some, but it's not like significant. I mean, it it is like, it was like 15 to 20%, which actually is significant, but I didn't, I wasn't like, he wasn't going to, I had to like 
I had like maybe five outright and then like the next 15 I was going to get like over the next year or something, which I thought was like complete bullshit. Cause I'm like, dude, I understand like an idea is, you know, people say, Oh, ideas only worth so much, but dude, I didn't, I, not only did I have the idea, like I completely mapped out everything. Like it wasn't just the idea. Like I understand, I mapped out everything and the most valuable part was I got the first customer. <laughs> that's like the proof. That's like the ultimate. That's how you show your worth. Like you I, actually have someone paying to use it. I mean, very much. I mean, you had the validation, you had the connections, you had the foot in the door, at least to me. And you know, Hey, maybe, maybe I'm a little biased. Um, sounds like, yeah. you know, one, one of you couldn't work without the other. Yeah. And, um, Right, because I can freaking throw a rock in San Francisco and find an engineer. Like they're <laughs> everywhere, you know. And um, and so then he just started like before he was looping me on on all the calls and conversations. Then he just started. I learned that he started. He was talking. I introduced him to some prospective people. I introduced him some to some vendors who would be interested in buying the technology. Then he started like whoa like this is huge and i introduced him to this whole world he was he was making this software that like helped create like hallmark cards like holiday cards like and you would go online and order a holiday card and i mean my, it was uh, yeah. my grandmother definitely pays for that. exactly yeah and <laughs> and so then he like you know and i already knew like this is a freaking great this is a million dollar idea maybe more and because of how much time people spend on this yeah. and he started talking to people that i introduced him to he started excluding me from everything and then he meets this guy um he gets introduced to a guy who had a, a technology business before and he sold it to uh, a vendor um and I was familiar with the vendor and I actually already introduced him to the vendor and he was talking to the vendor. Um, and this other guy he, he met and the other guy liked the idea. He's like, Oh my God, this is a freaking genius idea. And so he started talking to him behind the scenes, this, this older guy, he's like, you know, I, I had a business, uh, a technology business um, in the investment operations realm like kind of what your tool is in and uh i sold it to that vendor um and you know i i can i can do it again i can yeah. help you get this sold and so at first then the my partner at the time comes to me he's like hey there's this guy i met and i'm already like annoyed like dude why are you being so sneaky about this you know so they had been talking for like weeks and he just then he tells me like hey okay so i met this guy um and he's done this before he had a business and and he he wants to meet you and then maybe we'll be all be a team and i mean and i was open to it but at the same time i'm like dude like i think i think i mean whatever i don't know where it was gonna go but i knew it was a good idea yeah, and yeah. obviously this guy he uh he's an older experienced executive he considered himself a vc investor he had sold a business probably probably had a couple million bucks from it and um but he recognized 
the opportunity here. And so, uh, so the guy, the engineer I'm working with, he's like, yeah, let's get on a call together. And I want you to meet him. And I'm like, okay, um, great. I mean, also I'm like, you know what? That's pretty cool. Like this guy seems great. Uh, I mean, the idea of it, Oh, we're going to have this guy who's very seasoned. And then I get on the phone and this guy is such a jerk. And he pretty much told me like, Sergio, like you, your contribution is worth nothing. Like your, I, this, you have done nothing like you, you like such a jerk. I'd never actually had anyone be so rude to me in my whole life. And, um, later I found out people that knew him, like, they're like, oh yeah, that's, that's how he is for sure. And even the engineer later, I found out other people I knew him like, oh my God, like that guy, no, that guy's a jerk. Like, so there's these two jerks together that were perfect for each other. And, um, and so they then created another entity business entity because I had ownership in this current entity. Then they created another entity without me. And I'm like, this guy has been such a jerk to me, like telling me I'm worthless, this and that. And uh, then we're arguing with each other. And then he's like, you know what? We already started another business and you're not a part of it. And I'm like, I was so furious, you know? And so long story short, that didn't end well. And, you know, I, 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 there wasn't much I could do because this guy had money um this guy um and uh you know we did i i did um get an attorney involved but it, it just and i did get a small reward for that but it didn't you know they got acquired like a year later by this vendor that i was already like i'm not saying i was going to seal the deal or anything but like there was like I wasn't just the idea guy. Like I, I mapped everything, like how it was designed, how it should work, the buttons in this. I mean, just like I do ECF, like everything there, like I, I've done. And, um, and then I told him like, who would be interested in acquiring this? Who would be interested in being a customer? There was, I, I did a lot. And uh, yeah. And so that's where kind of like, I got my first taste of this uh, entrepreneurship. And, um, and then I took about a couple years off and then I'm like, you know what, I want to do that again, but I want to, you know, I want to do, uh, I want to do it a little differently. And, um, so anyway, sorry, that's took up so much time, but it's just, is like such a, it's just such a learning experience in the sense that like, I thought I was working with someone I could trust and they ripped me off. And, um, uh, you know, unfortunately it's very common to have talked to a lot of people about uh, that story. And a lot of people have kind of been through similar things. Um, and, um, uh, and so that's kind of where that whole, this whole tech entrepreneurship started. Um, and, um, and, and fast forward, um, I will say one thing that developer gave me a book, um, uh, uh, zero to one. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a uh, zero to one, um, I think it's Peter, Peter Thiel, Peter Thiel. He like, he like, you know, he started, he's like backed Facebook. He was like Mark Zuckerberg's investor. And he created, he made this book called zero to one, which is, um, a, a really good book. And, uh, it's very easy to read. Uh, it's an easy read. And, um, and I, I that's a good book. Um, 
And um, anyways, I'll just I'll stop there because um, I just that's just one experience I like to like put just let people know about because one I, technically this isn't my first time creating a technology um, application mm-hmm. and um, and so I, I do have some um, experience but your question was about how I balance all this well I, I took a lot that was the first time I was working a nine to five trying to run that and so that was like I learned a lot from that experience it was hard and so um, but now you know I'm doing it again and um, and so I've kind of familiar with like how, how much time it takes but one thing I learned from that guy the older guy who was a jerk um he um he had a business he told us you know before things turned really bad uh relationship wise he told us or i think just early in that conversation that i when i first met him he had said like you know i created this application it was just me and a developer and we got it acquired and i was like whoa like that was the first time i even thought that was possible because i always thought you need a teams of people and I, then i just just the realization like i don't know how he did that but like it's possible to create a successful business with a really small team of people and so everything now that i do just like probably like you every decision i make i'm like i don't want to set myself up to to create more work than I need to. So like every decision and everything I spend time on is like, is this going to create more work for me? And is it going to be meaningful or can I maybe be successful without doing this part, you know? Um, Or um, so, you know, I just, I do it with um, just prioritization and, and time management. I mean, it's not really anything secret. Um, and, um, and, um, I mean, there's so many resources online now too. Of, of, I mean, that's a very common thing now, I think is, is people running businesses with very lean teams of people. Um, and, um, uh, yeah, so I, and I have it, I do work with a developer, and he's great. Um, and I've actually worked with a few different developers and, um, yeah, I don't know. Is there any other, I, I can go on and on about this, but, um, I, um, or I guess I'll just say, um, I, I do, there's, um, a lot of entrepreneurship podcasts. Um, but I specifically like, there's like a Stanford, um, entrepreneurship podcast where all the CEOs and founders and stuff from the biggest companies mm-hmm. go on and speak. And so I like listening to that. Um, and um, early on, I did read a few books. I, I'm not really reading any books now just because I don't really have the time. <laughs> but like I said, Zero to One was a, a good book um, and very easy to read. But now I like to listen to the the Stanford entrepreneurship podcasts that they have. and um, And then, you know, bunch of stuff online uh y combinator has like a youtube content that's pretty good um it's a lot of stuff online now but all phenomenal resources yeah but um i will uh i guess i I will say that um one of the things that really helped me um and, and and there's a lot of um people 
that have given me advice along the way that I know here too. But um, when, if you, if anyone is interested, I can talk about just like making an app, right. As a non-technical person, if you think that's interesting um, or if, unless you have another question. <laughs> well, I'll say I, I actually with that said, um, if you'd be down for a part two, I think we can oh, make sure, that yeah. happen. Cause we are. Yeah. Near- sorry. No, nah, man, we are all good. Uh, we are all near it. No, wait, I got to word this right. We are nearing in on the two hour point. So I was going to start wrapping this up a little bit. That's a good idea. So, hey, like the episode, subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, We might even do a YouTube exclusive episode making an app. That could be a lot of fun, actually. So subscribe to the YouTube channel and I'll pester Sergio with DMs until he says yes to tell me to go make me go away. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'd be glad to do that. I think I have a lot of, um, I think a lot of people want to make apps nowadays and I think have a lot of valuable input on that. I mean, I'll be honest. I want to make an app, um, which is one thing I kind of don't like that I've met you for <laughs> because a lot of what you're doing, I, I, I've had my idea for a couple of years and I just met you like two months ago, but now I'm like, oh, everything I want to do, he's already done. So I'll, I'll always be that guy that copied, but no, uh, definitely not. I'm sure. I I mean, yeah. Who knows? I might make an app one if we do the YouTube exclusive episode. That might really help. But yeah, let's 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 move into the closing question. Sergio El Camino Financial, where can we find you on the internet? Yeah, so El Camino Financial dot com mm-hmm. um, is the go to. Uh, for uh, El Camino Financial, and then we are active on Twitter, the or X now. Uh, the X okay. handle is ECF uh, underscore app, so ECF underscore app, and um, that's where we're really where we're most active is on uh, X for now, just because, um, uh, yeah, um, and um, and then we do have a newsletter that you can subscribe to on um the el camino financial.com website but if you sign up and register uh for the el camino financial.com app i will subscribe you to the newsletter uh automatically and you'll get that and um and then i have a contact form on el camino financial.com that anyone can contact me and if anyone reaches out to joseph he's welcome to share my email with them uh, Hey, absolutely. And I, I will link all of that down in the show notes, video description below. Uh, so yeah, connect, uh, get that passive income posse coffee mug, or who knows, I might have a strive to fire coffee mug between now and then probably not, but I might, um, editing me that's on you. Uh, <laughs> all right. So the number two, what is the number one book or resource you'd recommend someone who's trying to get their money on track or trying to start their wealth building journey or, even looking to build a business. Um, there's yeah, I've read so many books about a, a lot of the the the, the books I reference are, um, um, I mean I I think just taking like a a financial planning course is a is a great way, um, you know the uh education like a Kaplan they have a certified financial planning program. But even if you just take like the capstone course, which is an introduction to a lot of different categories in financial planning, 
um, that that's a good start. And um, uh, I mean, I really like if you have any entrepreneurial ambitions, the zero to one um, mm-hmm. book by uh, Peter Thiel is uh, is a good book. And I love it when you recommend a book because I can put an Amazon affiliate link in the description. Uh, and then final question. What is next for Sergio? I pronounced your name wrong. And I'm going to fix that in editing. No, it sounded fine to me. Um, we are just trying to work with the, the app as it is. I think it works great. Um, and, uh, we're trying to refine it a little bit. I don't think a lot needs to change in the immediate future, even though I have a pipeline of ideas of, of, <laughs> of, of, I want that I want to roll out. We're just trying to, uh, tweak things to make it a little bit better. Um, and so we're really focused on that. And of course, marketing our app to get people to sign up is, uh, top priority. Hey, understandably so. Got to get that. Got to get those user numbers up. Well, with that said, thank you all so much at home or wherever you're listening to this for tuning into this episode of Strive to Fi with Sergio from El Camino Financial. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, maybe. I don't know. Where anywhere you listen to podcasts, we're there. Follow us. Give us a like, a five star review if that's a thing. Because I, I just learned like two weeks ago that's something Apple Podcasts do. So yeah, give us five stars. Um, and hey, if you're watching this on YouTube, drop us a sub. Really appreciate it. And it really, really helps out me. It helps out the channel. And it helps me keep doing this a lot. And it's and just like the ECF app, it's completely free. Once again, awesome. th- thank you all so much at home. Thank you again, Sergio. And we will see you all next Monday with another one.